Hey, what's up? Welcome to Brazen Radio. This is episode two. I'm your host, Nina. And I am not apparently getting that much smoother at this just yet. But again, episode two, I've, I've got a few more under my belt probably to come before I don't feel super awkward talking to myself with a microphone. <laughs> I'm just going to have faith and picture one of your faces on the other side of this, even though we're far too close. Anyway, how is your soul today, my friends? I truly, truly hope it is shining as beautiful as it's meant to, like fucking sunshine. We're going to move on to today's topic. And today's topic is something that's been kind of boiling my blood because I feel like it lacks a compassionate element to it, even though that's not the actual definition. Are you fucking confused? Good. Let me explain. There's a man named James Bartholomew. And in 2017, he coined a specific term that we are seeing and hearing a lot these days. Any guesses? Maybe you said one. (laughs) Maybe you know who James is. But I'm sure you're familiar with the terminology and you're familiar with the level at which you are witnessing this at right now. So the term, my friends, drumroll please. Virtue signaling. Are you shocked? Did you see that coming? Okay, well look, we're not going to spend the whole episode talking about this. It's going to be a kind of a quickie, but I do want to break down what it is. And the reason for that is I feel like it's been weaponized as of late and we all kind of need to learn how to contemplate the things that we want to utilize and put out into the world and how that affects other people so that we can continue to spread the love instead of encouraging the fear or the frustration or the anger that people are feeling right now. It's our job to be a community more than it is to hurt people. In my opinion, personally, take that advice or don't, but I think it's worth something, so... Put that in your pipe and smoke it, my friends. (laughs) Anyways, the reason I believe it's kind of weaponized is because we're now using this as a means to degrade the person who's trying to raise awareness about the thing that they're upset about. And in reverse, the person making the post with a comparison built into the meme of something else that someone believes in, that person is also getting hurt in the process. So this term, or the act, is a weapon to make people feel silly, like they should be embarrassed about the things they believe in, I think we're all at a crossroads right now and, try- and trying to determine what, what we believe to be true, how we feel about things, whether or not we want to stay here in Canada. There's a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline, you know, and I think that we are all getting very distracted. And while this has been a very useful technique in the past for all types of powerhouses that want to kind of own society or intimidate society into compliance... It's much easier when most of society doesn't even agree with each other on their own, so why would they stand up against you? The sooner we recognize the division happening amongst us, the stronger of a community we're going to have, the better example our children are going to have. There's a lot of things that we need to change, but there's also been a lot of things over a long period of time that have been orchestrated in order to create a control around us. Our job is to be the truth to represent the truth, to give the truth, to just embody it. Do you know what changes people, like energistically, you know what changes them? Emotion, right? And a long time ago, I watched a documentary that that broke down so many different things that to this day, I still scratch my head over. And recently, I rewatched it. And it's it's pretty powerful. And there's a point where they talk about emotion, human emotion, and they break it down to the fact that there are really only two. And everything else stems from that. And those two baseline emotions are love and fear. I may have mentioned in episode one where there are these body scans. I believe it's by Calarian Photography. I would have to look into it, but I will try to link it in the show note. 
There is a scan, body scan, where they can show you, I think they have eight examples of different emotions in the body and what they scan out as. And I can tell you there's a massive difference between negative and low base energy uh, feelings versus high frequency love feelings. The reason this is so fucking important that we understand that these two emotions are the main is that we have to gravitate towards one more than the other. And I believe for the most part, we've been almost magnetized to the fear living on some scale, whether that's fear of the unknown because you're going to leave this country because you're done with it, whether that's fear of the flu, of going to get groceries and trying to not wear a mask or wearing a mask and worried that someone else won't be wearing a mask. It's constant. And now we're in war. If you want to understand the damaging effects of fear, and if you want to understand the powerful feeling of love or effects of love, I highly, highly, highly recommend you look up the Rice Experiment. And for those of you really unfamiliar with what I'm saying, uh, you know what, maybe I should give you a quick example. So you're going to cook white rice, okay? And you're going to put it into three different containers that are see-through. You're going to put lids on them, and you're going to put them in different parts of your house, and you're going to label them. One will be love, one will be fear, one will be ignored. Every day, you're going to go to the one that's love and you're going to say, I love you, you're beautiful, da-da-da, whatever the fuck makes you f feel joyful. And things that come out of your mouth with true, genuine feeling. So you're going to do that. Then you're going to go to the next rice, the one that's anger, or hate, or fear, and you're just going to spew the worst shit you got at it. And then the ignored one, you're going to just ignore it. You're going to just leave it there. And over the course of, did I should probably Google this, but regardless, I think it's about a week. And again, you're doing this every day. So you're seeing them every day. You should take photos every day. There is a huge difference in the love rice, the fear rice, and the ignored rice. The love rice usually holds. The fear rice starts to develop mold and the ignored rice liquefies. And it, it's rice. It's not a person, it's rice. Now think about how susceptible you are, how emotionally intelligent you are, all the things that you feel in a regular basis. By doing this experiment, it gives you real-time evidence to the weight of your words, to the weight of your energy, to the, to the power. So when you wield your words and your feelings, you must wield them with care. And this goes for how you speak to yourself, too. This isn't just about the outside. Because the journey to truth starts and ends within. Everything in between is just an experience of bonus and exposure to other people's ideas, concept theories, experiences, and stories. But ultimately, how you feel... All of that comes down to you. You get to decide, does this make me feel good or bad? Now, granted, there are situations that are far outside of your fucking control. But again, still ultimately comes down to you and how you choose to feel. So now that I've segued way off of virtue signaling, let's bring it back real quick. So being virtuous, beautiful. Spreading awareness, awesome. Doing it at the cost of someone else, stop that shit. There's no need for it. You can still convey a message. You can still bring awareness to big issues without belittling or trying to step on someone else. Now, if it's a politician, that's their job. You do what you need to do. But if you're just going to try and segment your own community or your own following and try to make them feel silly for caring about something, I, I think that's the wrong message. I don't believe your heart is trying to hurt someone else, but maybe it is. And if so, that says more about you than it does about the person who's supporting something they believe in. And you should really sit with that. Sorry, it was a little aggressive. Like, I'm not sorry for saying it because it's facts, but I'm not intending to be hurtful. I just think this is an important point and people need to internalize the facts for what they are. Recognize the weight and power of the things you say and do to others. We've been taught that our whole lives. The emotional scars most people carry for a lifetime from their childhood. That shit stays with you. So now I'm not saying we shouldn't be able to tell someone, hey, you're an asshole. You absolutely should. But you don't have to do it just to be a prick. 
I have found that anyone who is doing this type of virtue signaling where they are contrasting one for the other, those are the people I've been engaging with. I want to understand their view and then I want to understand why they had to negate somebody else's to express theirs. Let's wrap this up on this topic because I think I've made my fucking point. We all need to work on this. Yes, be virtuous, but also keep in mind, becoming virtuous is achieved through action. While it is really nice to spread awareness, and yes, that is one of the first steps in creating change, it has to be followed up with actionable steps. If you really, truly thrive on doing these comparable virtue signal posts, then at least direct your audiences to some sort of actionable steps that would allow for them to help a certain situation after the fact. Because then you're still doing something productive while at the same time doing something very negative, which is definitely limiting the reach and power of your message, I promise you that. But let's get back to the journey of truth. And discerning truth is, is a tough thing. Getting a 360 view is important. It's not easy because you're going to find stuff you don't like. But... It helps you discern information. If you don't follow or look at people's stuff that are feeling differently than you towards certain topics, how will you know to think outside the box? What would you think of? Because you're emotionally connected to this idea or this concept, but this person isn't. So now they're going to poke holes in that theory. That's a great thing. This isn't a boat. You're not trying to stay afloat, man. You're trying to absorb and take in as much as possible. So let that person poke those holes and use that information to expand your understanding and then sit with it. And then in your belly, you'll know what's true. And confirmation bias is motherfucker. But that's why you do a little digging and you look into the shit that makes you mad or sad or feels weird about the thing that you love. It's important and it's your job. No one else's. Even though we have media outlets that our government pays for, don't even get started on that. Even though you have tons of cool people you follow that are active and, and on your side, you need a little bit of that counterculture in your life too. You need a little bit of that doesn't agree with you group so that you can challenge yourself, whether it be difficult conversations, opening up your mind, or just creating an opportunity to expand. Expansion is everything. It's growth. What the fuck else are you doing in this world? Like you're just trying to grow, right? You're trying to become something more than you were yesterday. And in that journey, that means that you have to do things that maybe you don't like now or maybe are a little uncomfortable. But if you just stay in the comfort zone, I mean, how many motivational speeches do you need to hear? <laughs> There's nothing good for you there. It's just more of the same. Mental development is about getting outside of things that you're comfortable feeling like you could just run laps in. And, and having to tiptoe, uncertain of what, where you may slip or get stuck. That is a very shitty feeling at first, but it becomes a place where you're like, ooh, I'm getting excited. I don't know when I'm going to get out of this, but it's going to be good and I'm really pumped about it. <laughs> you know, it doesn't happen right away and it's not always the case, but more times than not, when you adopt that attitude, life becomes a lot easier. Things become a lot more interesting and you become a better informed person and you grow. And when you're growing, well, you're helping others. It just is. Now, who's ready to talk politics? So I was speaking to a, speaking, I was actually observing a friend's uh, IG recently, unintentionally me, what up, girl? And she's been really proactively advocating for us to fight for our rights from day one. So when the ROA rolled out, she was one of the first spaces and places I actually direct, directly heard about it because I had stopped watching the news by that point because I had kind of lost hope in where I saw us going. Anytime you start to lose and get some freedom restrictions, it's it's a big red flag. I don't care what the guise is or what they say is happening. It almost never is as serious as they say, and there's always a permanent cost to us. 
always. But the reason I'm bringing her up and the reason I'm bringing up her post is because she put out something the other day and I was like, yes, it's great that you're sharing. It's great that you're talking about it. But what really matters if you're actually taking action? Did you post about a protest? Did you post about your rights? Did you do all that stuff? That's awesome. You virtue signaled. But now it's time for action. You have to do the steps. You take no action. You may find yourself fighting a very lonely battle in the long run. There are a lot of people trying to leave this country right now who want to fight for freedom, who are willing to fight but are starting to lose hope, and I don't blame them. We don't want to live in socialism. And when I say we, I mean those of us considering leaving because I am definitely one of them. I fucking love this country. I love everything it has to offer. I love that most of the plants don't want to kill me. I also love that 90% of the insects and, and reptiles also don't want to kill me. I love the trees here. I, <laughs> I feel emotional just talking about the way I feel about this country. I love Canada. But the stuff that's happening right now, it threatens that experience very much. So if you don't want to take action now, my friends, and I'm going to give you a few more things to take action on, but if you don't take action, sooner or later you might be standing alone and trying to ask for something. Do it now. Do it while you have the volume. Do it while we have the collective. If it's what you want. And that's it. You got to write them to let them know you're watching, whether or not you're in support or against specific ideas. Moving forward. Bill 195, the Extended Emergency Act, scheduled votes March 31st. Apparently that can happen at any time, though. So write your MPP, write your premier, tell them you want it on the table now, and tell them you want them to vote how you want them to vote. Look into it. Make your own decisions. So other things that are kind of in the shoot or on the table that are being uh, discussed and voted on are very worth your attention because I believe that they relate to setting a foundation that will help the rollout of digital ID, digital currency, and a social credit system. These are big things, especially the finance. If the finance is programmable, like they say, the digital currency, if that is true, that would mean if you don't go do your community service, you won't be able to get your groceries, potentially. If you spoke out against something you thought was an injustice that the government doesn't agree is an injustice, you could be labeled as a terrorist and have everything blocked. I understand that most people are thinking, oh, it's a crypto, that's fine, it's not a big deal. Programmable means socialism, like little coupons. And if you've never seen those booklets, you should look them up. Or listen to the stories of people who, who've lived through it. My uncle just put out a post the other day about how his aunts and uncles would have to wait hours in East Germany just for one orange, like up to six friggin' hours for an orange. Let that sink in. Okay. So what are the things we want to address? Well, there is S233, universal basic income. And again, connected to the social credit score. If you can, I recommend checking this out. I got a show called Black Mirror, season three, episode one, and it's called Nosedive. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I do remember watching it. And Mike and I were both like, fuck, could you imagine? Could you imagine if if this were real. And then you watch these videos coming out of China with their citizens and the things that they're experiencing and how it all works, you know, if they're a good, if they're a good citizen and they're constantly tracked. But anyways, get your ass over to Black Mirror, season three, episode one, just to get a taste of what that could look like. Even on a social scale, not even on a, not even on a financial scale, just socially. It's fucked, but it's also really eye-opening. Okay, we will jump into this a little more when I tackle digital ID, because I do feel at some point I'm going to have to deep dive into that. But I mean, let's just kind of <laughs> hurdle these as we can. I kind of feel like there's a bit of a uh, dismantling of the middle class right now, which is kind of like the end of entrepreneurship, uh, small business. And maybe I'm wrong, 
bills like this are a problem. I know for us, at the beginning of the pandemic, when CERB first started getting distributed, we needed to hire some people to work with us. We had a hell of a time trying to find a fucking staff member. Like, it was damn near impossible. And then when we finally did find this sweet baby angel who I'm so grateful for, who ended up eventually helping us find another sweet baby angel, who are, oh, they're just magnificent humans. But they're a lot younger, like in their 20s. And they went out, I know the one girl, she went out with her friends and they were like, oh my God, you're working? Why? Uh, Serb's great. That is the mindset of the youth today. Why would you work if your government's going to pay you to not work? So while I understand this sounds really cool to just get free money, it will not fucking be free. So universal basic income, you need to write your people in the Senate. You need to tell them, hey man, hey human, I appreciate you. You do a tough job. Please vote this down. I would like people to maintain their work ethic. I would like to watch the few businesses that have survived the coronavirus continue to survive by having staff to work for them. Thank you so much. I get that this doesn't seem like a big thing, but if we can just detach emotionally and look at this logically, and if you can step even further back and do a big picture, the outcomes from this will likely result in the destruction of entrepreneurism, the middle class, and freedom in the long run. Remember, we are big picture people. Um, And to truly take in that potential of what is possible from such a small but significant thing versus like, you know, the promise or selling point used to make it seem like it benefits you in the short term. It's kind of like Bill C-51. This is old. Harper put it in place. I had a bit of a panic attack. I don't do anything illegal, but I knew it was the beginning of our rights being violated in such a way that um, it'd be really hard to reverse it. And I don't know for those of you who are most likely old enough, you remember 9-11 and you remember the impacts of all of that. In the States, they introduced like all these terrorism acts and it gave them the right to basically flip on the 15th cousin of a potential terrorist, Cam or Mike, and just observe and listen. And what Snowden had said is he had seen a lot of guys using it to watch women who didn't know they were being watched. They completely violated people's private spaces on levels that I can't even like. There are children. I just... Absolutely not. And that was under the belt of terrorism because it was for your safety that you no longer have the right to have your privacy. So when it came to Canada a few years later, I obviously, for the first time ever, was like, holy shit, there's something happening that is a no-no. Of course, I was one of maybe 25 people that stood outside of the Kitchener City Hall saying, fuck off to this bill. But it gave them the right to do the same to us, to categorize and classify us as, as terrorists without a warrant, no paperwork needed. They can just flip on your phone or on your computer and they can observe and listen to you. That's a complete violation of your privacy. And the worst thing was most people just said, well, if you have nothing to hide, what are you worried about? It's not about that, man. To give them the right to violate my privacy is a big deal. And to give my government a no vote process access to me, a no warrant, a no courts involved access to me. That's cause for concern and a very, and I've said it before and I'll continue to say it, it's a slippery slope. That bill went through, nothing I can do about it. Hence why we're discussing bills on this podcast now. Definitely if I was going to make a podcast, guys, it would have been true crime and weird shit. So the fact that I'm using this topic should tell you a lot about why I think this is more important. This is more relevant. This will do more for all of us than me retelling you the story of some psychopath. (laughs) I hope that's not misinterpreted. Let's move on. S233, get that shit gone. Or just write them your support, if that's how you feel. At least they know you're watching. And for me, that's still more valuable than nothing. Deep breath. 
The next two to three kind of piggyback off of what I've already been saying, so I'm going to try to get through this real fast. There is C10 and C11, which is basically media censorship and blocking civilian journalism, so pretty much um, a thorn in the side to uh, free speech. And I think that's what they're gunning for, to be honest with you. Control of the narrative. For anyone who likes to share, post, or say anything, this concerns and impacts you. And again, it's about the big picture, not the immediate. Sure, you don't post anything now that's deemed inappropriate, but what happens when you have a something as simple as I don't approve of XX school doing this or they discipline my child by saying this and I don't approve of that. And the government's saying, well, this is a state run facility. You have no right to speak out against them. We're going to put you in jail for 30 days and put your child with the state. All because you fucked with the narrative. Now, granted, that seems extreme. That seems almost unbelievable. But again, it's all about these tiny removals that can lead to these big end results. So we just have to do our job as citizens. And of course, maybe maybe they don't arrest you. Maybe they don't do that. Maybe instead they cut you off of your currency. Maybe they reprogram your digital currency. Maybe they socially credit score you at a negative five and now you're not allowed to go anywhere in public. Just have to think about, man, I'm not trying to be some futuristic doomsday motherfucker. I'm just trying to say it is important to pay attention and it is important to take action where you have the power to do so. So now we're going to get to the last freaky deaky thing that's on the table. To me, this is a Trojan horse. So it's C36. This one, please go read it. (laughs) This opens doors to use your questions. Like to me, this is going to open doors to use your questions, discussions, and posts to be seen as like potential pre-hate. And then they can like summons you to court and you have to prove otherwise. So I can't just talk out my thoughts. I can't work out my fears. I can't ask the questions. I mean, right now I can. But if this passes, well, then it's gray area. It's up to the person who's coming for me or the person who's presented with me or my information or my posts or my whatever. Again, I think it's a Trojan horse. But also, if you speak this language better than I do, send me the information that you've taken from this or reach out to me and let's chat because I would love to have a much more deeper understanding of what this one specifically C36 is outlining because to me, like I said, It's a freaky deaky one. It's a thought police kind of legislation. And then if we were to step back again and look at the big picture of each one of these little things that I'm talking about and what they would help support, it's socialism. Digital ID, digital currency, digital dependence on your government, zero privacy, anything you do say that goes against the narrative is a threat. Can anyone see what this might be stacking towards? I'm going to leave that with you as it is. I will say this as someone who's been paying attention to this stuff. If the goal was to control the population, like if our government or globalists or the elite, these new rules and amendments and additions are certainly helping me believe that my government is not working in my best interests, you know? And I certainly wouldn't say, based on what I've been seeing, that we as a collective under our democracy are moving towards a freer and more collective country, let alone planet. And if you feel otherwise, I would love to know how you got there. And I would love for you to share some sauce with me so I can feel that way too, my friend. (laughs) All right, guys, I really want to close the political chapter. So let me just say this. Yes, it is not physically hard for you to take action on these things, but it is energistically draining, and I understand that. Again, I'll provide as many links as I can. All you have to do is write one template, copy-paste. It's nothing. It's nothing, but it might do a lot. It could be everything in the results category. 
You know what I'm saying? Okay, this concept's not new, but the awareness of our individual responsibilities when it comes to babysitting politics, at least for myself, is fucking new. So it's a process. And I'm kind of glad to be taking you on this journey with me because, again, maybe there is somebody out there who's in the same boat and is just as confused or overwhelmed or kind of like blindsided by how fast this all started to come together and happen. Okay, coming to a close. So if you're going to virtue signal, how are you going to do it? You're going to do something that just focuses on what you're upset about or what you believe in or what you're passionate about. You're not going to do it at the cost of someone else. And because you don't want to be a virtue signaler alone, you want to be virtuous. You're going to attach an actionable move that follows that so that they can actually help the situation that you're very passionately asking people to look at. Beautiful. Great job. That's compassion. That's love. That's how we should be. But let's leave this on a uh, saucy little note here. I'm going to leave you guys with my buddy George Carlin. I mean, I don't know him personally, but I feel like if I did, we'd be buddies. So he is a legend. He will forever be a legend. Ooh, and before I forget, let me just say much love to you all. And remember, be compassionate but strong in your pursuit of truth. Love y'all. Take care. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interest. That's right. They don't want people who are smart enough to sit around the kitchen table to figure out how badly they're getting fucked by a system that threw them overboard 30 fucking years ago. They don't want that. You know what they want? They want obedient workers. Obedient workers workers, people who are just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork and just dumb enough to passively accept all these increasingly shittier jobs with the lower pay, the longer hours, the reduced benefits, the end of overtime, and the vanishing pension that disappears the minute you go to collect it. And now they're coming for your social security money. They want your fucking retirement money. They want it back so they can give it to their criminal friends on Wall Street. And you know something? They'll get it. They'll get it all from you sooner or later because they own this fucking place. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. You and I are not in the big club. By the way, it's the same big club they use to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe. All day long, beating you over the head in their media, telling you what to believe, what to think, and what to buy. The table is tilted, folks. The game is rigged. And nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. Good, honest, hard-working people, white collar, blue collar, doesn't matter what color shirt you have on. Good, honest, hard-working people continue. These are people of modest means. Continue to elect these rich cocksuckers who don't give a fuck about them. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about you at all, at all, at all. Yeah, you know? And nobody seems to notice, nobody seems to care. That's what the owners count on, the fact that Americans will probably remain willfully ignorant of the big red, white, and blue dick that's being jammed up their assholes every day. Because the owners of this country know the truth. It's called the American dream, because you have to be asleep to believe it. <laughs>